and welcome to the first ever episode of the High Side News Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Newman, and I'll have two co-hosts joining me in this brand new podcast of ours. One of these co-hosts is Short Shift News' owner and author, Dawn Hammersley. Dawn, thank you for joining this podcast. First of all, happy birthday. How's it going so far? Thank you very much. I'm having a very nice day and it's lovely to be doing this podcast with you on my birthday. <laughs> as well as being the owner and author at Short Shift News, you're also covering the social media accounts for two teams in uh, the British Superbike paddock this season. Care to tell us a little bit more about who you'll be working with? Yeah, I'm continuing to work with Mortimer Racing Victoria House Academy. Um, they run a three-rider team in the British Talent Cup and this is my third season working with them. We've got a brand new rider, uh, Harley McCabe, which we're all really excited to welcome him to the team, see what he can do for us. And I've got a new team I'm working with, McAdam Racing. Um, they're in the Quattro British Supersport Championship uh, with riders Jack Nixon and Australian rider Tom Taparis. So I'm really excited to be doing that. Very nice. Sounds like a bit a lot of fun. Uh, it's not only me and Dawn that you have to listen to on this podcast. Another co-host for this will be Short Shift News' author and MotoGP esports rider, Jack Hammersley. Jack, also thank you for joining us. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. Uh, how did the MotoGP esports championship go for yourself in 2022? Um, it went better than in 2021, which is always what you want to do. Uh, but unfortunately for myself, it was looking quite good for maybe challenge for the top three. But unfortunately, um, as soon as the halfway mark hit, my luck seemed to uh, go a bit downhill. And the like, speed never changed, but just the luck and everything went a bit downhill. But uh, I mean, I, I finished closer to the, to the top than I did the season before. So that's uh, what I'm looking at. Do you have any idea where you have to uh, retrial for the 2023 season? Uh, yeah, the pro draft stages are yet to be announced and stuff. I'm just waiting. But, you know, I'm starting to prepare again for the time trials. Just try and do what I did last season, get get qualified. That's the first important stage and then go on from there. Cool. Anyway, let's get into the thick of it then. World Superbike starts this weekend and... It looks like we're in for another sensational season after last year. Uh, let's start with the testing that happened over the last two days. Uh, any outstanding riders from you, for you, Jack, from the last couple uh, of days? Alvaro Bautista, of course. Um, he for Day one didn't seem to go fantastic, but I think as soon as he put in the tyres that he knew he'd probably most likely run with, um, seeing his super pole, uh, super pole sprint race pace and his race pace, it's... It's very scary. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know if he's using that new SC zero front tire, but yeah, you know he's doing constant thirties and thirty ones, which only Rinaldi was, I think, was able to do. The likes of Rain Toprak just couldn't quite have that same pace. But you know, there's. I'm sure they'll turn up when uh, the time is needed. Yeah, Bautista topped. Uh... Overall, uh, day two on combined times, and like Jack said, he looked incredible. To be honest, it looked like 
Ducati may have brought an absolute weapon in. Dawn, was there anyone else other than Bautista that caught your eye from the testing? Uh, Michael Ruben Rinaldi, he's been pretty strong as well, which is good to see because you sort of think, is this going to be a season where he's really got to come up with something to keep his ride? So, yeah, he did well. And also Locatelli, I thought he was quite strong as well and, you know, even come before Toprak. Yeah, uh, Locatelli and uh, Rinaldi, obviously teammates to Toprak and Bautista. It did look like it could be a make-or-break year for both of them with uh, yeah. the likes of Petrucci in a, uh, in the Ducati fold in World Superbike now. And also there's Axel Bassani with Ducati, who's young and Italian, and Ducati probably wouldn't mind swapping over from Rinaldi if he yeah. didn't keep up the pace. I think he's definitely in the the next row for his seat. <laughs> yeah. Petrucci looked fast at Jaref. Looked a little bit slower at Phillip Island, but still impressive to see he was on World Superbike Machinery for the first time in Phillip Island. But yeah, Yamaha as well. Locatelli needs to, to prove himself after last season where he sort of tailed off towards the end. Didn't really match his teammate, which obviously is hard to do where it's yeah. the man of the likes of Top Rack Raskatioglu. But... <laughs> He gave it a good go. Uh, there wasn't just superbike testing as well. We had uh, super sport. Uh, anyone there that uh, caught people's eyes or maybe underperformed? Uh, well, Nicola Belega, he's done what they've done over testing, what he's done over te- uh, all the winter, I should say. But whatever he's done, he's made a huge step because he's gone from, he just sort of lacked a little bit of something to be. Uh, Domi and uh, Balder last season, but now they're gone. Whether it's just like, okay, they're gone, now I've, I can win. Maybe it's that sort of mentality. But yeah, he's just blowing everyone out out of the way. And I've not many people have even been within three tenths of him in any session. So he's really strong. Um, last season, the, the one problem I think he had, which was due to his size, was tyre life in the last like five laps. So I'm sure they'll be working on that, make sure that's all um, figured out. And then unfortunately, it just seems like all the British, uh, new British rookies, they all had a horrid time, whether it was bike problems, crashes, general gain up to speed, you name it, they had all those problems. <laughs> but hopefully uh, that those problems can be eradicated when uh, the, the lights go out for the first race on Saturday. Yeah. Dawn, anyone from your side that... Uh... Yeah, Ollie Bailey, he seemed sort of upped his game a little bit. Yeah, Ollie Bayless did look impressive. Uh, seventh overall on uh, day two. But yeah, as Jack mentioned, the British riders and also the, the MIE Honda squad altogether. First of all, MIE Honda brought out an amazing livery today, uh, partnered with Petronas. Yeah, it it does look the business for worlds and uh, world superbikes and supersport, but it's whether uh, uh, their bike can look fast and also be fast on track. Because looking at the testing, uh, both of their riders in supersport and superbikes were pretty much dead last. Taron, I believe he had problems in the test. Yeah, he put on his Instagram story that um, the bike had problems and they can never get out after FP1. But when I saw the Patronus livery, it was sort of bringing flashbacks to um, the foggy Patronus days. And 
that was a complete disaster. I mean, apart from like Corsa and Walker able to get like scrape two podiums out of nowhere. But Petronas in um, Superbikes have nowhere near the amount of success that they had in GP. So we'll see MIE Honda looking to turn that around. But it seems, I, don't, I still don't know whether the, the 600 is all fully uh, like super sported like spec. Because they say that Taz says that wasn't the case in Portimao, so hopefully they'll roll out on Friday and have some new parts that can get them closer to the top. Yeah, just looking down the order there, Taron McKenzie obviously only managed to get thirteen laps in, and uh, yeah, it's safe to say he was very far off the pace in those thirteen laps, uh, six seconds slower than uh, Bouliger and. Noradin, who'd managed to get 99 laps throughout the test, was uh, four seconds slower than Bouliger. So there is work to do there. And But like Jack said, Bouliger is just throwing it, just seems to be the, the man to beat this year from testing so far. But Ollie Bayliss as well, like you mentioned, Dawn, he really could uh, stamp sort of come out of his father's shadow this year if yeah that must be hard for him obviously the son of Troy Bayless the legendary world superbike rider uh it must be a hard sort of deal to come out from underneath your, your dad's shadow and not be known as Troy Bayless's son and actually be known as Ollie Bayless, Ollie Bayless yeah mm. he's yeah. on the Ducati same yeah. that his dad was had great success with in superbikes and Phillip Island was always a place where Troy Bayless went well, so Ollie Bayless maybe could be one to watch for a, a podium or yeah, definitely. Dare I say a win around Phillip Island this weekend coming up? Jack, you looked. It was, well, it could happen because it's meant it could be raining on Saturday, so that could bring something to the it table. Could be. It will be an interesting one from both the the, the superbikes and the. The super sport classes, obviously back over in uh, super bikes just in general. Uh, we've all seen now Alvaro Bautista will be running the number one plate. Dawn, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's really, that? Yeah, I'm really pleased about that. And I thought what was a really nice touch. He's still got the number 19 within the one, which I thought was really nice. And Pecco Bagnai's done exactly the same in MotoGP. So, no, I, I think it is. And I understand why a lot of riders don't like to you know, superstition, but I, I do like to see if, if you've if you've earned that championship, put the number one plate on your bike. <laughs> Jack, are you of the, the same opinion that people should uh, run it? Well, well, if it was me, I wouldn't run it. Who's <laughs> <laughs> that? I'd, well, because I'd be in the GP side and, you know, that kind, that kind of side is very superstitious where if you run the number one plate, you're going to have bad luck for the next season. Whereas in the world paddock, I'd probably more inclined to do so because... Historically, number one has always done extremely well the year after. He had Foggy, he's retained his title before. Um, Jonathan Ray. Jonathan Ray, of course. So, and you, and then you got top rack, he got second. So, you know, it's not like it's going to be super cursed and like is in the GP paddock. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I like the, 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 the number he's chosen and I like the story behind how he discussed it with his daughter, what his daughter wanted as well. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's a, it's it's good that we've he's got the number one plate, and I just hope that it doesn't bring a, a curse to him. But I don't think it will. 
we've mentioned uh, all of the names of the the top three from last year already: Bautista, Ray, and uh, Top Rack. It looks like from testing, there seem to be a few other names that were putting themselves up there. But overall, do we all still think it'll be a a Ray, Top Rack, and Bautista battle once again this year? Yes, I do. Yeah, but I think Rinaldi will get in the mix, and like say Locatelli. But you, you, you would expect it to be them top three. Jack, what are your yeah? What are your yeah, I can't see it. You know, you'll have your odd occasions where you know, like last season, we had Rinaldi, Locatelli, Lowe's, You know, maybe Ursula Petrucci, the GRT boys, or someone else. They can have a chance at a podium, but I think unless something happens to one of them, I think you're going to get the same three as last season. Yeah, I I can't disagree with either of you. But I'd like to play a uh, devil's advocate, but I can't. Uh, <laughs> I can't see it going any other way than. I believe it will be one of those three that is champion come the end of the year. And I don't know which one it will be at the moment because they all shine at different parts of the season and on different tracks, but it will most likely be one of those three names. Obviously, moving on from the, the last three champions to the lads that are coming in with the World Superbike rookies where there's a good handful of great talented riders coming through into world superbikes this year let's go with um former moto 2 world champion romy gardner first of all what what have we made of him so far through testing i think he's made a strong start i think he'll do well i think he might you know especially like if it rains one time or but you'd expect him to do well at philip island as well so i'm excited to see what remy can do Mm. jack you got a yeah he is his dad, I remember his dad always saying he'll do better when you give him more power. In GP, it just seems like, whether it's a KTM or what, but there's something hindering him. But he said as soon as he's jumped on the R1, because of how agile it is and etc., um, it's completely suited for him. So um, I don't know if the GRT Yamaha will still be a little bit down on power compared to the Pata bike, but yeah, I think uh, Remy's definitely one to look out for, and he's usually one of those slow burners where as the season goes on you'll just get quicker and quicker and quicker and the gap to the front will close and his race pace in the in testing was really good as well one of the one of the best so yeah could be a a dark dark horse for the podium in philip island yeah looking at remy i've uh found thanks to chris pike on twitter uh the average lap time uh from every session at philip island and uh overall remy's seventh if when you combine all his average lap times from every all the four sessions that took place on monday and tuesday at phillip island so he's right up there with lows and above his teammate agatha who we'll get onto in in a bit and not far behind uh uh Ertl, who's on the ducati so remy as the season goes on i think he'll be closer and closer towards the front and uh both the grt boys we've also uh Domi Agata, the two-time World Supersport champion who has made the step up as well to uh, GRT Yamaha with Remy Gardner and is starting out strong like his teammate, isn't he, Jack? Yeah, I mean, um, adaptation for him, I think that pretty seamless because, you know, he's, he's gone from a Moto to a Supersport to a Moto E, back to a Supersport, back to a Moto E again, winning Moto E as well. Um so yeah, I think as soon as he jumped to the thousand, as soon as you'd probably have to just get. He's been on the GP bike as well, so um, 
I think all I have to do is probably just get used to the power and then off he goes. And especially in the last session when he came second, it's all like, okay, he's, he's going to be strong like it was in Super Sport. And it, I, don't know what, I don't know what happened, but since he t- turned to Super Sport, the world's just changed something, but he's just completely transformed. And now he, um, I think, especially if like he gets some good form and everything, I would not be surprised if by the end of the season he is the top independent rider and even if he finished in the top five of the championship. Wow, big big claims there from, from you, Jack, with potential <laughs> top five for uh, for Agatha. Dawn, do you, do you agree with Jack? Yes, I do, and I just think sort of, it's a bit like a dream team, the, the two rookies in that team, and I think they'll be good for one another and bring each other on. But yeah, he's, he's a reformed character now, Agatha, and I think he will, yeah, he'll be make strong strong performance yeah he's he's been a, around for a while Dominic Agata been a Moto2 before uh yeah. now 32 years old so obviously would get looked over in the GP paddock nowadays yeah. but that's seems to be where superbikes gaining from the the riders that are good enough to be in the MotoGP paddock at least in Moto2 and superbike picking them up and uh making them top quality riders over there but yeah, uh definitely the final uh, Yamaha, uh, not the final Yamaha rookie, sorry, uh, another Yamaha rookie, Lorenzo Baldazzari. I've looked at him through testing because I thought he'd potentially be up there with the likes of Agatha, but he's not really seemed to find his feet so far on the R1, and it's a bit surprising. Dawn, what are, what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's like we were saying earlier. Um, it was almost as if he wasn't at the test. So whether he was just just trying to get used to the bike, the team, and then we might see something come this weekend. Hopefully yeah, just, so. Just looking at the timesheets now, and after the first day, he was only ahead of uh, Cyrene and Granado on the MIE Hondas. And on the last day, he was 18th out of 22, and above Tom Sykes, Koenig, uh, Cyrene and Granado again. So Jack, it really does look like Baldessari might be struggling so far. Yeah, you know, it might be his size because he is really tall. But I'm not sure how much experience he's got on the thousands. And But, yeah, whether it could be GM, because GMT94 haven't supplied a superbike in whatever, really. They've done, like, superbike in endurance spec, but in terms of a world superbike spec, this is probably the first time. So maybe that it's just them as well trying to learn the new electronics and the tyres and everything. So I think... The more the, the the team understand the bike, the more uh, Baldo understands the bike. Uh, especially like the place like Mizano, I think you'd hope that they start getting inside the top ten and start trying to be where you know, the GRT boys are. Yeah, it's uh, Mizano as well as a typical place where you find the Italian riders go well, like Rinaldi when he first joined the uh, Aruba Ducati squad. He'd always have a standout performance there, but. Baldazari, he is a fast rider. Five Moto Two wins, four wins last year in Supersport when he finished runner up to uh to Agata. So he's definitely he knows how to ride a bike, that's for yeah, sure. This, yeah, he's got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have uh I mentioned him just then when we were talking about Baldazari. Granado on that Honda. The uh the Honda doesn't look great for the MIE boys. No. That's for sure. What uh 
what are we thinking on Granado's side? Don't really know a lot about them, but we'll just have to see what if they can perform anything on race day. Jack, do you know? Uh, well, Granado was actually the one person who could have beat Agatha from OE last season. So, talent wise, he's somewhere similar to Agatha. But if you look at uh, the MIE Honda squad last season, they could barely get inside the top 15 in any session. Even with even in the wet, with sight, we know a good Cyrene is, is in the wet, he's an absolute demon. And yet he could barely get inside the top 10. So, I don't know what. what wrong whether the just the bike simply isn't got enough upgrades to it or what but i'd like to see like a comparison and if you took a picture or took the data from the factory spec and you go to the mie spec and see how big of a difference it is but yeah i think granado once you get used to the bike i'm pretty sure i've no doubt he should be ahead of siren but i feel like he's just not on the right team or bike I don't know but I mean, MIE have like one of the best looking garages I know that for sure with all their LED lights that's something they do have mm-hmm. but just hope they can bring that kind of um, sparkle to the track yeah so like we said they have potentially in my opinion the, the best looking livery on the world superbike grid but uh, it looks like that might be at the back for yeah, uh, most it's always been racist does it <laughs> yeah doesn't look like we'll get to see it much on, uh, on TV yeah. throughout this season sadly <laughs> Uh, let's go to Danilo Petrucci, the lad who's come over from Moto America. He seems to have done it all: MotoGP, Dakar, Moto America, and now he's come to to World Superbikes with uh, the Barney Ducati squad. And he looks really good at the Haraf test, and he's looked a little bit slower around Phillip Island, just outside the top ten. But I still think there's a chance Petrucci can win a race this season with the, the talent he has and the, the speed he's shown. Jack, have you got uh, yeah. all your thoughts on Patricia? Yeah, I mean, if it's fight? wet, you know, he'll be the one of the favourites you pick. And then in the dry, just I think the most likely place he's going to win a race is the races or the tracks that he's been racing on for years. So Jerez, you know, he knows that place like back of his hand. Mazzano, um, you know, so you got just... Those two, for an example, they they'll be track or maybe Aston as well. But I think he's just got to learn probably just maybe the new st- stuff of the bike because that bike will be different to what he rode in America. And he's also got to he's gone from riding Bridgestones to riding Michelins to riding Dunlops and now he's riding Pirellis. So that's something else you've got to consider. But um, again, I think it's just as soon as he understands how the tire works and and that because the Barney team they've had success with Forres in the past so uh, there's they're definitely capable of getting podiums at least so just gonna wait and see how everything pans out yeah obviously like I said Petrucci can adapt to anything it seems like Jack said with the amount of different tyre manufacturers he's been on and the success he's had in his career as well Dawn what are your uh, thoughts on Petrucci's prospects in uh, World Superbikes yeah. I'm really excited to see him um, he's a favourite rider of mine and like you say he just seems to adapt he's at that age now he's got nothing left to really prove so I just think he's got nothing to get he'll just go out there and do what he does best but I'm really excited to see him in the championship and I do think he'll get on a podium I think by the sounds of that we're all 
really looking forward to seeing Danilo Petrucci Definitely. take on the, the World Superbike stage and uh, potentially World Superbike podiums and maybe even a win. Yeah, you never know. The uh, the last rookie, and I've left him for last because he won't be at Phillip Island, uh, Brad Ray, the British Superbike champion from last season with, uh, with OMG Racing. And uh, this year he's gone over to Worlds on a Yamaha again. But the squad can only take part in European rounds. But it looks like a good place to start for Brad. And uh, as I mentioned, obviously won't be there this weekend, sadly. But Jack, your thoughts on on Brad making the step up to, to World Superbikes? Yeah, it's good. It's a good thing because he's definitely got the talent to be there. Uh, I did see. I can't remember where I saw it, but I saw it where he said by the end of the season he wants to be fine inside the top five. Now, as much as I think his talent is able to do that. I think, whether it be the team or the spec of the bike, I just don't think it'll be quite possible. Yeah, unless Brad has the, like the world great life, he has the confidence he had like around Alton Park, for example, where he can just chuck the bike in and it'll hook up. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not doubting he can get a top ten, especially someone like Donington Park or somewhere similar like that, because he is gonna have to learn a few of the tracks because he knows you'll know some from his Rebel Rocky days. But, um, yeah, and track knowledge, it's, just, it's what seems to happen for all these British ones. It's always uh, track knowledge that's going to prevent them. But uh, I've no doubt with Brad's talent, it's just going to be how good's the bike and how much learning the track's going to hamper him from getting the results we know he can get. Yeah, join the, the Yamaha Moto X Racing World Superbike team and... Uh... Not been the best Yamaha squad in World Superbikes, but at least he's there, I guess. He's putting his name on the map, and if he can can, even top 10 results would be impressive, I think, for Brad, and and doable. with the. Yeah, he's going to give it his all as well, isn't he? It's just like a learning curve year for him. Yeah, it's definitely uh, something Brad can do. Dawn, uh, what are your thoughts on on Brad Ray as as a whole and his his talent and getting getting himself into World Superbikes? Oh, yeah, he's very talented. I'm so pleased for him to win the championship last year because I think he's been in it so long now. And I think with his age and everything, he's done the right thing. He he was hungry to move over to World Superbikes. But, yeah, it's going to be a learning year. and Like, it's not going to be easy. And I think a lot of people will be hoping, expecting him, you know, to get into the top 10. So, fingers crossed he will. But I just think it's going to be a learning curve. But he's a very strong rider and it won't, you know, if lack of results, it won't be from him. It'll be from the bike. Hmm. I'm going to put it out there. Brad Ray at Donington Park, if the bike is decently competitive, what are we thinking? A track which he does know well from his, his days, obviously, in British Superbikes and in the British paddocks. What would we expect from him around there? I'd say at least a fifth, sixth. Jack? You could, I'm just thinking, you see Donington, you got the one outlier and that's Tom Sykes. So you got chuck him to the mix. So, but it, Tim and Tom and Brad were basically glued to each other during the GP round last season. So, um, the pair of them with their bikes are good. So, I mean, top ten, I've no doubt Brad will get a top ten at Donington. But you know, maybe with that little bit of for being at home and that little bit of track knowledge, maybe he could just about squeeze into. The top five, I think that has to be a couple of DNFs and stuff like that for that to happen, but never say never. (laughs) 
it's safe to say we uh, we all believe in Brad and his ability for this year in Worlds, and we all wish him the best of luck that he can uh, be competitive. Jack, you've you've put it perfectly here to move on to the next rider that I wanted to talk about. Tom Sykes coming back to World Superbikes, did a year in Britain, didn't go great with Paul Bird Motorsport, got a couple wins at Donington Park. Other than that, he was very quiet throughout the whole season is probably the best way to put it back on a kawasaki albeit at the pachetti racing squad what what are we thinking sykes's chances are um he's reported to just getting back into the things with testing he's getting back dialed into the world superbike um I don't really know. I think another thing, it's just dependent on the bike. I think Tom's still got it. It's a very fast rider and he'll he's hungry for it. He'll want it. But I, I just don't know about that bike. Jack, uh, well, well, I think the good thing is, is that Pachetti are going to allow him to develop the bike how he wants it to be. So he hasn't got, and Ray, Ray's already talked about how the moment Tom's jumped on the bike and given his things, it's going back to twenty fifth, the likes of twenty fifteen, where whatever Johnny says, Tom's will say the exact opposite, and that's happening again. So, I think Bichetti have said we'll let you develop the bike how you want it to be because obviously that's when Tom's going to be the fastest. And I've no doubt when you when you have Tom Sykes around the likes of Donington Park, uh, if that bike is perfectly moulded for him, uh, if that and that bike is capable of winning because Top Rack has won on it before, so. If, it, if it's still that kind of spec and he could have that oomph, no doubt Tom could sneak out a podium results maybe at Donington if uh, everything, if all the stars align. Yeah, Tom still has the drive and the ambition to be up towards the front. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone back to, to World Superbikes and uh, maybe would have called it a day after British Superbikes. But he's back there and... I like Tom. I think he's a very good rider. Obviously, a former world superbike champion. So he's he's definitely. If if the bike can work, like Jack said, if the bike can work, if Tom can find his feet with the bike quickly and they can develop it fine, then I'm sure, especially at Donington Park, like we've all mentioned, Tom is a menace there. And yeah, I think Tom Sykes could have a good time while he's back there. Obviously, there were rumours that he was going to have his old crew chief back as well, Marcel. Uh, who's currently with Alex Lowe's, but I don't know if that's come through or not. No. He's had a really good relationship with him. Alex has still got him, I think. Because he's still got him, yeah. Yeah, so that's a shame. There's always been a bit of a, a rivalry in that factory Kawasaki squad, especially when Sykes was there with and Ray came in. They've always... Yeah. Uh, I think there's a, a little bit of crew chief sort of rivalry as well yeah. from the, the Sykes and, and Ray battle days, which... Uh, but it seems like Lowe's and Ray get on better. And uh, like we've mentioned earlier, they're going to be two to watch this year. But teams have brought new bikes this year, mainly Ducati, BMW. The BMW's looks drastically different on the on the front end, but performance-wise, so far hasn't really impressed me personally. Jack, what have, what have you thought of the new BMW? Well, it looks unique, I'll say that. I mean, from... What I can tell, they wanted to improve straight line speed and aerodynamics. I think that's been covered. But what I don't understand is if what I, what I can tell, they're both British and world. The one problem they've got is the rear tyre. And for some reason, they haven't done enough to 
try and fix that problem. I don't, I don't know what the I don't know where they're trying to head in development, or even if they know where they're heading into development. But it's just look at BMW. You know how good they can be in the backing they've got, but it's just it's sort of just puzzling because you sort of like I'm sat there like I have no idea what direction you're heading in. So um, it's 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 going to be an odd one, but uh, you know. They've they've got full riders, fully capable of game podiums and even race wins. So if they can just maybe figure out whether if there's a small window in the settings or and you like well, like again you swing on like they did last season or something suspension wise or something like that, the that that might be all it takes to be fighting up the front. But it's, it's just they're missing something, and what I can tell, they don't really know what that something is. Yeah, uh, to back up what Jack said, I've just been looking at the uh, combined results from the, the testing at Phillip Island. Uh, Vandermark and Reading, both in the uh, the factory BMW team, were 12th and 14th after two days, which is not where you'd expect to find either of those. No, who are top quality riders. And also Gerloff and Baz, who are in the satellite Bonovo team, uh, 13th and 16th place for those four riders. They're all... Like Jack said, race race winners, uh, podium position riders, definitely. Dawn, BMW just maybe got it wrong again. Yeah, unfortunately. And they're sort of going into round one on the back foot again. So, yeah, if, if they can just find something. But, like, they've got very capable riders, but they've got to keep the morale up as well after having such, you know, lacklustre seasons recently. Yeah, they've definitely got to keep the morale up of the yeah. likes of Scott Redding. Who yes, was, definitely. When he came in, he was the... Uh, well, it was the same when Vandermark came in as well. He was the big money move that was going to bring BMW success. And Scott's talented. We've seen it in World Superbikes, but the bike just hasn't been there. And it looks like maybe another long season for, for Scott and the BMW riders again this year if they yeah. can't find anything to, to match the Yamahas and Kawasaki's. And that new Ducati that's been brought in as well that is meant to be even faster, which uh, <laughs> is a frightening prospect when we all saw how fast Bautista was on it, especially with his size advantage where he is uh, very small. Plus he's <laughs> um, had his hair cut now, short, so he'll be even faster. Exactly. Less, less <laughs> weight from his, his rat tails or whatever, yeah, you, they've whatever gone. you call them. Uh, the new Ducati dawn. It, it, it looks the business again. It, Definitely. It looks like it maybe they maybe their year again because of it. I, yeah, I, I think so. You'd put your money on it, wouldn't you? Definitely. Oh, they've got yeah, the package. Definitely. Yeah, they've got strong riders as well. Jack, anything more to add on Ducati's yeah. prospects for this year with their new bike? I mean, obviously, power. I think it's stock. The back. The bike's got two hundred and forty and a half horsepower. So. That might be more than some of them have well fully upgraded specs. So yeah, it's quite scary. Uh, they've had it's very small. If you have to really notice it, they've had reprofiled the aerodynamics just a tiny bit on the wings, but uh, they've changed. And there's something I can't quite tell it is but something on the rear when you look where the number plates are. There's something a little bit different there, and they've had new exhaust as well. But They've apparently they've improved the engine characteristics, so it's a lot more smoother and more punchy and everything. Because 
we saw like our first gear corners, that's when the Yamaha and Kawasaki could just pull a little bit. But it seems like they've tried to improve that. And with with Alvaro's size and his um, the way he, he sits on top of the bike and he's completely streamlined, it's so hard to try and um, stay with him. Like, you know, even Ronaldo, like, he could blast past, I think, any of the cats. Even, cause I think Ronaldo's the exact same size as him. So I think he could still pass Ronaldo down the street. So it's quite... It's going to be quite worrying for them in the races, but they're going to have to... Do the best to try and stop it. I guess one other thing I want to touch upon before we move on back to, to World Supersport to, to discuss some of them some more. Um, there was talks of a combined rider and bike weight limit, which has apparently been rejected for this season at least. Uh, Scott Redding was one that, that really wanted it. Mm-hmm. Bautista didn't want it, obviously, <laughs> because of his advantage. Uh, Jack, do you think it's unfair on riders like scott who are bigger and heavier naturally not for anything scott can help compared to bautista who is smaller and lighter you mean yeah i mean obviously you could lose more weight but then scott's arguing that you'd be a detriment to his health but then you've got the other way like you can't punish someone for being small because at the end of the day they also have disadvantages if you go back and watch the mandalika races in that turn seven eight nine complex, you just you saw top you saw everyone doing that really well, and then you see Bautista he's really struggling to try and get it change change direction in the third fourth gear corners, so you know that's and but uh, Chaz Davis has pointed out that Alvaro is that good that he masks the fact that he does have weaknesses and he's able to just act like they don't exist, but um, I think. If they are going to do it for 2024, they need to make sure that everything... Because I know they're very clever now they do things, but they just got to make sure they don't add too much weight to the bikes. Because then if you do that and someone, say someone has a high-speed crash, naturally that bike's going to have more momentum and therefore could cause more harm to, say, marshals or or, or <clears> things <throat> like that. So you've just got to make sure they're not doing too many things wrong and it's got to I think they're just got to make sure everything's calculated perfectly if it is to happen but I don't see it as a necessary thing to have because at the end of the day they've got two, 200 plus horsepower so weight is going to be a factor but it's not that big of a factor so I think you just have to get on with it and try your best I completely agree with you I think it shouldn't be brought in. I don't believe there's one in MotoGP either, which is the the premier class of motorbike racing. And uh, Danny Pedrosa was, you know, he was similar to Bautista, yeah. small, very, very small rider on the Honda uh, in his glory days. And um, he had the advantage down the straight, but never won a, a MotoGP title. So Scott can't throw out the things that Bautista is only as competitive as he is because of the bike and his small stature. There, I part of me thinks Scott maybe a little bit jealous that yeah. Bautista <laughs> managed to do what, what he didn't. He couldn't on the Ducati. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh... maybe. But you mean look at Ronaldo? He's exactly the same height, but yet the difference last season was massive. Yeah, so you can't just go because he's small. You can't. You can't just gain 
how many seconds on somebody just because you're small if you're the exact same height so I think it's you just got to respect uh, Bautista's talent because ultimately I mean he finished top five in a MotoGP World Championship so you know it's not like he's just small and just faster people on the street he's actually very very fast and he knows how to use his uh, use his strengths to the best of his ability and how to also minimise his weaknesses. Yeah, Jack, you pointed out to me the other week, I think, about after the Portimao test, that Bautista's lap time there would have put him towards the front row? In yeah, fourth four on the grid. Yeah, so that just shows, you know, he's not on a MotoGP bike. He's on his factory, obviously, Ducati World Superbike, and would have been fourth on a MotoGP grid. So the talent is still shown from Bautista and shows he could still be competitive in MotoGP if he was over there on a factory yeah. Ducati. Definitely. But I think we've uh, I think we've talked enough about World Superbikes. We've still got the World Super Sport riders, our British riders who are over there. We've got Harry Trulove on a Triumph. We've got John McPhee on a Kawasaki. We've got Tom Booth Amos who's on a Kawasaki and Taron who we've briefly touched upon on a Honda. Uh, let's go straight with John McPhee, shall we? Uh, he was in Moto3 on a Kawasaki now. Jack, your thoughts on uh, John's move over to Supersport? I don't know, to be perfectly honest. Because <laughs> um, John's been on a 250 for so long. And I, I remember, when, I can't remember whose video it was. I think it was Taylor's, Taylor McKenzie when he, he Taz, I think it was when Taz hurt himself, but he, Taz, and John went to um, Carter Hayner for winter testing just all for a trap day and John misunderstood how to take a corner because he's usually taking it flat at a 250, he's gone on a thousand and completely blown the corner so I mean obviously day one he was extremely slow but then day two he's he's got he's got with the pack, he's got with the pack mm. but it's just I don't know if because he's ridden on that on a bike like that for so long whether it's going to take a while for him to rewire his brain to try and fix everything. But, you know, also the more he rides it, the more things are going to click and everything. And we saw that when he could be by himself a Moto3, he could win. Unfortunately, it didn't happen a lot, but, you know, when he got the chance, he sometimes would take it, like in Sepang, for example. But it's... And the Kawasaki, I don't think, is the best... Even though like they've done really well with the rules and everything, I don't think the Kawasaki is the best bike to be on currently. So it's just it's it's just waiting to see what happens and and I I you I mean, you'll have the GP rounds you'll remember, but again, learning those likes of Monster Magnicore and Donington, well, and it, he would have done Donington in GP, so he's got to learn those circuits. So. Uh, I've no doubt he'll be, he'll be a point scorer. I just don't know how far up the points he'll be. Top ten is definitely possible. Top five, maybe. But you know, we just have to see and see how it goes. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, a year of potentially learning again for John. Uh, like Jack said, massive step up from where he was in Moto Three to to Super Sports now, and uh, there seems to be a lot less Kawasaki's on the grid this year. Just looking down from who was at the test, uh, the only Kawasaki's I can see from the test were Chan Onchu, who is by far the best Kawasaki rider in Supersport. Uh, there was also Adrian Huertas, 
who is inside the top ten, and John McPhee, the only Kawasaki's I'm spotting on the. Is it Montella on the Kawasaki? Uh, Montella, Monte... No, he is on a Ducati. He's at oh. Barney this year. I was, I was changed. But yeah, uh, one thing we noticed before this, this Tom Buffamos and his teammate, can't remember, I've got to remember his first name, but uh, Power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're not there, but they have posted them painting the bikes. That's really confused me whether they've just simply not turned up or there've been cost problems or logistic problems, but they weren't there. So there should have been two other Kawasaki's mm. at the test. That's yeah, Luke Power. Uh, Luke that's Power, why, that's his name. That's why I brought it up because. Foot was a bit weird to only see three Kawasaki's on the grid, and obviously Buffet Moss, a rookie, we'll talk about in a moment because he's a a Brit that we want to see do well. But John, yeah, he was at the he was with the pack in terms of times, but at the back of the pack, which I don't know if Phillip Island's been a strong track track for John throughout his career. Uh, well, it was the round where he got he ran over and it's his ribs or lungs, I can't remember what it was in twenty sixteen, but. I don't think he's ever had much luck around there. So No, I can't think of off the top of my head a good result for John around Phillip Island. So maybe it's just a track that doesn't suit him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such on the Kawasaki. But hopefully when he gets to tracks in Europe, he'll pick up. Dawn, your thoughts on uh, John in World Supersport on a Kawasaki? Yeah, it's like Jack says, he's just got a big question mark. You don't sort of know which John's going to turn up, do you? But then he's small in stature as well. But is that going to help him a little bit, perhaps? You know? He's a, a tiny rider, but you just don't know with John. But I would like to see him do something for his, his own his own stature, really. Yeah, he's definitely, like we've said, with a lot of other riders, which seems to be the case in Superbike and Supersport now. They're all very talented riders. Yeah. There's nobody who's just there to make up the, the numbers. There, yeah. Yeah, None of them are there to make up the numbers anymore like they used yeah. to be. I don't know, say five years ago in, in Superbikes. Um, yeah, John, hopefully he does well. I've always had big question marks. Nobody really knows with John. Uh, Harry Trulove was at the test on the Triumph, obviously coming over from British Super Sport. Uh, Dawn, what, what are your thoughts on, on Trulove making excited, the move yeah, over? Yeah, I'm excited to see what Harry can do because he, he rode really well last year and he is a, a fast rider. But then again, I suppose it just depends on the bike and a learning curve because of the circuits for him. But I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I think you summed that up perfectly, to be honest. It's a, it's going to be a massive learning year for him. Obviously, the circuits, he's got to learn, especially the likes of Phillip Island, which looks yeah. very technical and rather difficult to learn. Uh, Jack, true love, triumph. What are your thoughts on the um, whole thing? Well, obviously, he's got an advantage of like the teens British with being sat in Ryan it's Simon Buttmaster who runs that yep. team yeah. so so you know that, that won't be a problem but the problem he's going to have is um, he's been on a Yamaha for so long now he's going to a Triumph so he's in, he's got an increase of uh, displacement as well as uh, going to three cylinder engines so there'll be something to get his head around a little bit as well as new electronics and, tight, and they will have um, slick tyres as well so that's where in British they have the stock tyres so That'll be something to get used to as well, so he'll have more grip. But uh, Harry, I think he's just got to try not to focus on anyone but himself. Maybe try and look at his teammates, see what his teammates are doing. But apart from that, just focus on himself work, and just work out piece by piece where, how everything works, how, where he, how he needs to improve and 
you know, he beat Jack Kennedy on a 600. Granted, Kennedy took a trip to, in the grass in that race, but, you know, he's beat Jack Kennedy, so he knows how to ride a 600, so he's, um, he could be a point, he could be a top 10 rider uh, when all the pieces of the puzzle are starting to fit together. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Tom Bufamos, obviously we said wasn't at the test, but he's doing British and World Supersports, yeah. both on a Kawasaki, uh, Gearlink Kawasaki in yeah. British Supersport, yeah. Yeah. and the MotoZoo Racing by Pachetti Kawasaki in uh, World Supersport. Obviously we don't really have a lot to go off for Tom because he hasn't been at the testing uh, for the Supersport this week, but Jack, what are your thoughts on Tom Bufamos as a whole and his prospects? Uh, well, last season it seemed like every time he was about to potentially make a step and do something, <laughs> he'd have someone on the inside of him and he'd have another and a new injury. So, um, I think his main focus for this is just be stay injury free because I can't remember the last season he had where that happened. Maybe twenty twenty, maybe. But I think if he just stays injury free, um, progress with the bike. Definitely, you know, he was, he was qualified, you know, he was fine inside the top 10 in most of the races where he wasn't injured. So, no doubt about that. And then in terms of the British side, Gaelic Kawasaki, he's teammates with Luke Stapleford, I believe. So, strong lineup there. And if I think if he's, if he's constantly riding a Kawasaki, the Kawasaki might be a little bit different, I'm not sure. But um, different tyres and stuff like that. But I think if he's continually riding the same bike, more or less. It's just giving more track time for him, and especially in those long breaks that both series have, you'll be able to fit them in between and not be as rusty. Maybe mm-hmm. you just keep bike fit a bit more, and hopefully you can pull out some decent results. Maybe in, in some wet races as well. Yeah, I, I like Tom Famous. I think he's definitely can be up there in British Super Sport, which we'll talk more about closer to the the british superbike start which is just over a month away but um yeah he's been in world super sport 300 world super sports like jack said plagued by injuries uh last season and dawn it's obviously he wasn't there but he could have success in world super sport if uh he stays injury free this year yeah definitely like i say he just needs a bit of luck on his side really he's definitely got the talent and momentum he's he's a strong rider I'm really looking forward to seeing him back in the British Super Sport because the just a couple of wild cards he did, they were fantastic. You know, he was uh, nearly got on a podium twice and I think it was just bad luck with the bike that he didn't, but he brought an element to the, the Super Sport Championship and I'm sure he'll do it again this year. But yeah, very talented rider. Yeah, and the uh, the last Brit that I, I've left to last again purely because the team he's with uh, and my thoughts on them. Uh, Taron McKenzie, MIE Honda. I've said already, they don't look up to scratch on track. Obviously, wasn't a great test. We've touched them in a little bit. Jack, your final thoughts on, on Taz and his prospects for this year? Uh, well, Taz himself, if he's on a Yamaha or a, a, anything yeah. but that Honda, yeah. I'd be like, championship contender easily. Even with the... Uh, track knowledge problems. You'll know some from his time in Moto Two in Red Bull rookies, but it's it's just praying that that Honda can just t- turn up. But I'm, I'm sure if they Honda were really struggling, the uh, the, the FAM will 
change the rules and allow them maybe more power or something like that to try and get them more competitive. Like they did with the Ducati and MV and Triumph last season to try and make the bikes all equal. But it's it's obviously not looking promising currently, but hopefully, but I can't see, at the state the bikes in now, I can't see him challenging for a, for a title, but I'm just hoping by the end of the season when the bikes made progress, teams made progress and Taz has made progress, he can be fine up the the sharp and where we know he can be. Yeah, Dawn, do you pretty much agree with, with Jack's thoughts on it? Yes, definitely. Plus, an, a little thing that worries me is fitness. If he was to have an off pretty in the start of the season because if he had such bad injuries last year that could, you know, something happen again like that, I just hope that he can stay on the bike to keep getting this, what practice what he needs and get up there. But as long as he can stay bike fit... That's something I'm sort of in the back of my mind. I don't want him to have a crash. Yeah, it's something that definitely affected him last season with his uh, title defence. But uh, yeah, hopefully things pick up for Honda in World Supersport as a whole because they have Norrid in as Mackenzie's teammate who is talented rider once again. And they both could be up fighting for top tens. And uh, we've talked about title contenders in World Superbikes, World Supersport. Jack, I think you're probably going to go Bulaga from uh, what you were saying it's, earlier. So if you're going to if you're going, if you're going to say off last year going going into this year before the testing, I would have gone either Onchu or Kaukasulo because those were the two who were the strongest. Kaukasulo looked destined to win a race, and then he'd do something and lose it. Onchu, it seems like he's finally understood how to look after tires, but then but then his qualifying has suffered for some strange reason. So. And then now Belega, it's there. It's just I don't know. I'll go, I'll go Belega. I'll go. I'll I'll stick with him because he's got Chaz Davis's corner. He's got the Aruba team in his corner, and you know he might just be get one win and he's flying. But I'll 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 go with Belega for the for the title. Ooh, early prediction there from Jack Dawn. What are, what are you? Yeah, thinking? I'm thinking Bulega or Onchu, definitely. So I think it's going to come down to them too. And if like Bulega, I just think like a bit of confidence, like Jack said, if Bulega can get a win, I just think that'll be it then. He's got a great team behind him and uh, yeah, I think my money's on him this year. I'll go different from uh, from both of you then. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put, uh, I don't think we've mentioned him at all, Stefano Manzi on the oh, Ten yeah. Carter. Yamaha. He, uh, yeah. I think I read something where he was playing down his uh, expectations a little bit for this season, saying that he's not too fussed about the success they've had in the past in Supersport, especially the last two years. But um, he's got the talent. He showed that on the Triumph, which last year wasn't the finished product. And now he's on, you know, an, an R6 in the Ten Carter squad. I, I, I think Manzi for the title. Mm-hmm. He looks to business. World Superbikes is... Uh, let's go our, our race predictions, actually, for World Superbikes first. For, for each uh, race? <laughs> Ooh. Because Saturday could be wet. Ooh. Go on, then. Let's do each race. Okay, race one. I'll, I'll do... If it's if it's dry, Bautista... Rinaldi... Oh, you're going for the whole podium. 
Oh, if you want me, yeah. I thought we were just going. For, I, was, I thought we were just going for, 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 if it was just race wins, Bautista, <laughs> Bautista and Dry in the <laughs> West. If you want, in the West, Johnny Bautista Ray. Three. <laughs> so if it's Dry, Bautista in, in all three races. If it's wet, Johnny Ray. Don, are you? Uh, yeah, going I with have Bautista? to agree with Jack. Actually, I think Toprat might come in the mix, but if it was wet, I'd my money would be on Ray definitely and Dry Alvaro. Yeah, I've just uh, had a look at what the latest weather update's saying, and I'm I'm seeing it's going to be dry throughout the whole weekend at Phillip Island. So, I think your your predictions of Bautista might uh, might be the one there. Then I'd I'd love to go different than both of you and say someone else other than Bautista, but I think it might be a case of uh, 2019 Alvaro Bautista performance at Phillip Island, where he starts the season off and just smokes them all unless yeah. he crashes which yeah. hopefully doesn't happen well, but all, all three of them had a crash at turn four they have all, it's really odd they've all crashed at the same corner and all done really big damage to their bikes so i think it's all i think it scared them a little bit well they might be a bit oh, i was gonna say they might, they might be hesitant i doubt <laughs> it when when they start there <laughs> top be... rack top rack as soon as he gets the gap he'll just send this yeah, yeah. definitely do you know what yeah bautista's gonna win the sprint race and the Saturday race, and I'm going to say top rack for the Sunday, uh, for the sun for the final race on Sunday. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go different from both of you. And race winners for Supersport. Anyone got any ideas, or do we purely think it's going to be anyone? Yeah, I was going to say you don't really know. Obviously, Belaga on too, but this, I think it's a little bit more open in the Supersport class. There's a few more contenders that you can you think that's going to win. It's going to be two yeah. good races there, definitely. Uh, it's going to be between Belega, Manzi, Onchu, um, and I forgot the other one. Caracasulo. Caracasulo, yeah, that's it, yeah. But I won't be surprised if you have like a Nicky Tooley or a Montella or a Huertas or a De Rosa or a Schrotter or, or a Van Straal or Navarro or someone like that just comes out of nowhere and steals it. Or an so, Ollie Bayless. Or an Ollie Bayless. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd, if I was playing it safe, I'd go with uh, a Belega or Anchu or Manzi or Caracasulo win out of those four. I simply don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a Manzi. And uh, uh, a, a Bulaga with a, a Bayless podium. I'm feeling confident on a on an Ollie Bayless featuring on the podium. And uh, the big one, I guess, World Superbike Champion come the end of the year. I think we decided it's going to be one of the three big ones. Who do we think? Who's, who's going <laughs> to? Alfred definitely. Jack, it's, it's going to come down. It's going to come. Down, I think it's going to come down to. Who suits the bike and track at that specific moment? Who has the wins out the battles? Who's the most consistent as well? Because all three of them are we've seen last season. All three of them are so far over the limit these days that crashes and random mistakes can happen. But if I was going to put my money on it, I'd go Bautista. Oh, Bautista again! Two-time World Superbike Champion, very end of the year. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm stuck between Top Rack 
or Bautista. <laughs> I don't know why, but I've eliminated Johnny Ray. It seems like the yeah, Kawasaki just Kawasaki just missing something. But yeah. And then there's a the thing of Bautista might start throwing it down the road. But Top Rack didn't start very well last year mm. either. Mm. Bautista only DNF'd once by his own accord last season. Oh, you're swaying me here, Jack. <laughs> when I looked at the crashes, Top Rack had three. And I think Bautista and Ray were tied on five or six last season. So crashing wise, it's it's they're gonna crash if they're gonna crash, it's probably gonna be in a practice session. But you know, yeah. it's just it's hard, isn't it? I'll agree with you both, Bautista. I think that's a, <laughs> a clean sweep across the board. Bautista will be the world superbike champion come the end of the year. You've heard it here first. Uh, I think that's a good place to to call it time on our opening episode of the High Side News podcast. Dawn and Jack, thank you both for, for joining me. It's, it's been a pleasure as usual to have you thank both. You. Thank you. Uh, thank you everyone for listening and join us next week to hear our opinions on round one of the World Superbike Championship and to hear about how Bautista's already leading the championship, hopefully. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.